You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, presenting interviews with famous, fascinating, influential personalities from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. This is a secretive administration. It does not trust the Congress. It does not trust the people. It is an administration that looks upon the Congress with contempt. Longtime West Virginia Senator Robert Byrd. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. For over half a century, Democrat Robert Byrd served the people of West Virginia in Congress, first in the U.S. House of Representatives, later in the U.S. Senate. In fact, Byrd was the longest-serving U.S. Senator ever, until Michigan's John Dingell surpassed him. Byrd had tremendous influence. If you think West Virginia's current Senator Joe Manchin has outsized influence, he was nothing compared to what Byrd had. Now, the one and only time I ever had a chance to interview Robert Byrd was in 2004. It was during the heat of the presidential campaign that year as George W. Bush was vying for re-election against Democrat John Kerry. Our interview here took place just a few weeks before the election. Robert Byrd had written a book, clearly intending to help the Kerry campaign, in which he sharply criticized George W. Bush's part in getting us into the Iraq War. So, given that context, given that background... Here's the interview, my 2004 conversation with Robert Byrd. I'm deeply troubled about the, the state of things. I have been in Congress now 51 years, and I have never seen a time like this, a time when the Constitution is in danger, a time when the United States Senate supposedly the greatest deliberative body on earth has been so silent. Bone, dead, silence. That was during the uh, walk up to the war. I expected the United States Senate to debate this, but there was no debate. The Senate washed its hands of it, took an aspirin, it passed a resolution on October 11, 2002, shifting the power to declare war, a constitutional power that is given to the Congress of the United States by the framework. But the Senate voted to shift that power away from the Congress and give it to a president. And in particular, this president, whom I saw as a man who was reckless, who was arrogant, and who did not like to be, to, to be asked questions, did not like to seek uh, um, a united uh, country. He said in the campaign that he would be a uniter, not a divider. But as time went on, I saw him quite differently. And so I think that the Constitution is in danger. And I think that our constitutional system, our kind of government, is in danger. In our government, 
The power rests with the people. Sovereignty rests with the people. You've been a member of an elected member of Congress since the Truman administration. You've served under eleven presidents. With, with eleven presidents. With, with, the, thank you. I, uh, you're you're right. With eleven presidents, through Korea, through Vietnam, Watergate, the Persian Gulf War, through everything that has gone on. What makes these circumstances different? Why is this such a more dangerous time? This is a a president who seeks more and more power. And he is surrounded by a group of super hawks, several of them having served in the Nixon administration. We saw the secrecy that uh, permeated the political atmosphere during the Nixon administration. And uh, individuals such as Donald Rumsfeld, the vice presidency, Dick Cheney, um, Paul Wolfowitz, um, recently the uh, treasurer of the United States, who is now no longer treasurer, Paul O'Neill. These individuals were in the Nixon administration. And I've, I was in the Senate at that time. I see the same kind of, of desire for secrecy on the part of an administration uh, under this president, as was the case under Mr. Nixon. Uh, this is a secretive administration. It does not trust the Congress. It does not trust the people. And it seeks to govern from within the White House. I've seen this time and time again. It is an administration that is uh, that looks upon the Congress, the elected representatives of the people, with disdain, with contempt. It doesn't want to be. It doesn't doesn't want the Congress to have oversight of itself. It doesn't want to level with the Congress about things, and it doesn't want to level with the people about things. So it's a dangerous administration. I, in my book, I think it's the most dangerous presidency, most dangerous president that I've ever seen. Your book gives voice to the concern that I've begun to have about the divisiveness with which Mr. Bush not only tells other countries, either you're with us or you're against us, but now has begun telling members of Congress, even ordinary citizens, you're either with us or you're against us. I don't like that either or kind of proposition. There's no place for that. We once were viewed by the world as a giant, uh, benevolent, uh, country and a country that sought peace but under this administration the people of the world view our country as the new bully as a bully on the block a swaggering bully who uh, thinks that other countries ought to fall in line and and join us in whatever venture we may have in mind, in particular in this case, the venture of invading a sovereign country, namely Iraq, which had not attacked us. We went into Iraq. We, I, I, in my judgment, we intended to invade Iraq from the very beginning. And uh, the tragedy that was vi visited upon our country on 
uh, September 11, 2001, was made to order for this administration to use as an excuse to attack uh, Iraq and seek to change the regime. The uh, people of America overwhelmingly believed that the 19 hijackers were at least uh, over, over a majority of the 19 hijackers were Iraqis. That was not the case. There was not a single Iraqi uh, in, in the group. But they've used this and uh, they manipulated the American people and manipulated the other countries of the world uh, into uh, believing that uh, Saddam Hussein and uh, uh, bin Laden were working together in this. There's no evidence of that at all. You see, there are two wars right now going on. One is the war in Afghanistan, which was, uh, which was started by the invaders, invaders who wrecked the world towers, world trade towers. Now, when those towers were attacked and destroyed, uh, the president uh, immediately, uh, I think rightfully, rightly, uh, went after the, the uh, uh, attackers who were holed up in uh, Afghanistan. And uh, I was 100% with the president, 100% behind that effort to run them down and get them into the holes and, and so on, as he said. I was 100% for that, and I'm still with the president on the war in Afghanistan. The trouble is, he has shifted and created a new war, the Bush War, uh, which, uh, in which we did not, we were not provoked. We were not attacked. Uh, we, we did the attacking, and it was the nefarious doctrine of preemption, preemptory attack, preemptory strikes. That doctrine was enunciated by Mr. Bush, and so uh, the war in Iraq is a result of, of our attacking another country, and the people of this country were led to believe by this administration that that country constituted a, uh, an imminent danger to the security of the United States. So nothing further from the truth. That country did not present uh, an imminent danger to this country. Uh, I'm, I, of course, uh, do not care a brief of, for Saddam Hussein. He was an evil man, but uh, he did not constitute imminent da an imminent danger to the security of the United States. We saw that. In Iraq, he couldn't even get a plane off the ground during that short war. Mm -hmm. And I didn't believe it then. I didn't believe that he constituted an imminent danger. I, I believed that the administration was looking for a pretext to attack Iraq. And, and, uh, and I believe that, that they saw in this an opportunity to, to win the, the, uh, the elections in this country. Why do I say that? Well, I say it because... Uh, it was said by um, Carl Rove, and he said this uh, in Austin, Texas. I'll tell you what he said. In Austin, Texas, uh, on January 19, uh, 2002, he, he said to, to a meeting of the National Republican Committee that, in essence, this is a horse that we can ride to victory on in, during the elections. The people trust the Republicans more than they do the Democrats to defend the country. 
And he said uh, this uh, war on terrorism is a war which uh, the people believe uh, we can win and, and we, we ought to make this the center of our political strategy. And, uh, and they did. Consequently, when uh, the administration tried to make uh, this country and our people and the world believe that uh, uh, Saddam Hussein constituted a threat to our national security, I didn't, I didn't believe a word of it. I, I didn't believe it. I couldn't believe it against the backdrop of what Karl Rove had advised. And I just, I never believed it. And that's why I voted against the resolution on uh, August, uh, on October 11, uh, 2002, the, the resolution that passed the Senate by a vote of 77 to 23. I voted against that resolution, and 22 other senators voted against it. And I always, I will always thank God for, for the other 22 senators who stood with me in opposing that resolution. So, and, and so this administration went into Iraq misrepresenting the, the, the facts, misleading the country, misleading my colleagues in the Congress, and fought a war that should never have been fought. Shame on, on the administration for misleading the people and misleading the Congress. After this short break, Senator Byrd's view on what the real threat at the time was. Now back to my 2004 interview with Senator Robert Byrd. I gather that the larger message of your book is that if there is an imminent danger, if there is an imminent threat, that threat is to our Constitution and to our civil liberties. Exactly. That threat is to our Constitution. I've seen this uh, administration try to skirt the Constitution. It acts as though there is no Constitution. I've seen it when it, when it has tried uh, in sending up budgets, tried to lift the limitations and restrictions on appropriations. It doesn't want a Congress to be in a position under the Constitution to, to conduct oversight of it of this administration. It's very secretive. Remember the shadow government? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I never heard a thing about the shadow government until some enterprising reporter wrote a story in, in, the, in, in the Washington Post. And, and, and then there, there, are, there are other situations in which it, it has uh, tried to avoid the Constitution. This very doctrine of preemption is unconstitutional. The Constitution says Congress shall have the power to declare war. Well, now, President Bush isn't advocating uh, that constitutional fact that Congress shall have the power to declare war. He says no. He, he's, in, he's in favor of a preemptive strike. Well, that has to come by surprise. We, we, cannot, we cannot follow the Constitution, have Congress debate, uh, and have Congress inform the American people as to, what's a, what, as, as to what is involved when we're contemplating invading a country because Congress isn't going to have an opportunity to debate that. No. The chief... Uh, the uh, president of the United States, the commander-in-chief, under Mr. Bush's doc doctrine of preemption, will de determine the time and the place to strike. And it'll have to be secret if, it's going, if he's going to preempt 
Mm-hmm. If he's going to deliver a preemptive strike, it has to be secret. There'd be no time to, to debate it. That is not constitutional. And any, any court that has not lost its sanity would, would vote unanimously against such a doctrine. It's unconstitutional. It's unconstitutional, unconstitutional on its face. Our government, our constitutional system is in danger. It's in danger now. And I, I'm up front where I've, I've seen this uh, time and time again. So I could, I could state other examples, but I've well, said enough on this uh, point. Let me ask you this. Would John Kerry be able to turn things around if, he, if we elect him in November, or has the damage been done? Well, here's the situation. We need a new face. The world needs a new face on Uncle Sam. Um, why, why do I say that? The world, I say that because the world has lost its confidence in our government under the Bush administration. He's acted like a bully, and he's, 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 he's acted unilaterally. He has turned the back of his hand to the United Nations. And now the, the world has formed... An opinion as to the image of the United States. It'd be very, very difficult, if not impossible, for this administration to regain uh, the integrity that this government once had in world affairs. And so a new face that's off to a new start is what I think uh, our country and, and, and what I think history needs at this particular time. Four more years under this president, under this administration that is so secretive and tries to dominate the other countries of the world and talks about a preemptive strike doctrine, why, that scares our friends. When our friends are scared, we'd better, we better, we better wake up. So, yes, a new face is what is needed. John Kerry would be that new face. Oh, before we close, one uh, one unrelated question: If the Washington D.C. area gets a major league baseball team back, should it be called the Senators? Why not? <laughs> senators need the Senators need something to redeem them. Of course, George W. Bush won re-election by a landslide in 2004. Robert Byrd died in 2010. He was 92. And you can find easy Amazon links to Robert Byrd's book at our website, HeardEverything.com. And while you're at HeardEverything.com, be sure and listen to my interview with former Senator Herman Talmadge. Mike Mansfield, the majority leader, said, Herman, will you serve on the Watergate committee? I said, Mike, as you know, I'm already chairman of a major committee. I'm vice chairman of another major committee. I've got more problems now than I can handle. He said, Herman, will you serve on the Watergate committee? I says, Mike, since you put it that way, of course you know I cannot refuse. And my interview with former presidential candidate Eugene McCarthy. I went round the track once against Lyndon and won that. I went round then against Robert Kennedy, and that was a tie. And then we had a run against the party. So it was the third time around the track, and we had to die as different opponents every time we went around. It was like a pen relay or something. And, of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find Now I've Heard Everything on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. 
Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, long before there was Monica Lewinsky, there was a woman named Jennifer Flowers, who in 1992 claimed to have had a long-time affair with then-Arkansas Governor Bill Clinton. So next time on Now I've Heard Everything, my 1995 interview with Jennifer Flowers. I was afraid something was going to happen to me. My home had been entered three times, and it was ransacked the third time. When I talked to Bill about that, he said, oh, no, no, if nothing's missing, don't call the police. Then he says to me, do you think they could have been looking for something on you and me? That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Bill Thompson.